selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone, and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, hey best, best friend. friend! So fucking good to see you. And literally so good to see you. Happy July, how was your fourth? Oh my god, fuck the fourth, can I just say that? Yeah, no, it fucking sucks to be on the fourth and be like, think of all the land we could have given back, and here we are, celebrating here we are. Burgers, raping cows. Oh, cows, more cows, more beef, more shopping. Go to Target, buy a flag, throw out the flag, throw right. out the burger. Right. No, yeah, I celebrated the fourth just by lying down and creating zero waste. I celebrated the fourth on a plane with a certain someone. So you were expending a lot of carbon on the fourth. No, I was literally like extra waste. So much plastic water bottles, like. So much fuel. It must be crazy, but that's kind of beautiful because you flew across the entirety of, dare I say it, the United States for the fourth. I literally celebrated the, every single state, and then I saw fireworks mm. across our great city when we landed. Neighborhoods, municipal organizations. I love seeing municipal organizations celebrating. <laughs> so I guess we should tell our listeners what's kind of happening. Yeah. So today is a day unlike any other because we have with us 
a guest, which is obviously very rare for a main episode. Basically, our rule has always been we only have a guest if they're... An actual friend? Yeah, or they're really famous and they have a lot of followers. No in-between. No like, oh, I saw you at a party. And let's just say this guest does not have a lot of followers. Very few. <laughs> yes, very few, She's honey. almost been... She, it's also weird because she's been off socials for so long and now she's back on yeah. and it's like, what? But that means that she's absolutely near and dear to our heart. She is one of the OG chicas. She has been with us through thick and thin. And honey, I mean thick and thin, okay? And she's never judged. She's always been there. She judges sometimes. No, she's super judgmental. That's (laughs) what we're obsessed with her. I met her literally at a Trader Joe's rom-com style. Well, well, we followed each other on Facebook. I think we like were Facebook decade. friends before. Okay, oh, we'll get into origin okay. stories later. But we brought her on because she's a fucking genius and we're obsessed with her. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Influencer. Fragrance influencer and podcaster. You know her from the podcast, Nose, Nose Candy. Candy. Welcome, Maddie, Maddie Finney. Finney. Hey, best friend. Hey, best friend. Hey, best friend. Maddie, thank you so much for being here. I just want to clear our listeners in. You guys are in New York and I am remote in Nantucket. Yeah. Yeah, that's also what's crazy is it's full Charlie's Angels setup. Me and Maddie are sitting here in the red room, both with different types of espresso Starbucks drinks. Again, pro-plastic. And you... (laughs) And I'm sitting here with a glass of Italian white. You're going full exec Tommy Bahama mode. Like, you have a billion dollars in multiple islands, the way you look right now. Thank you. Well, I care about local economies, and I want to support them and do whatever I can. And build open schools in my name in various <laughs> various developing countries. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the wine you're drinking just to get situated. Okay, so this is an Italian white. Comes in kind of a fat bottle. It is a natty. I did get it at our favorite store, Current Vintage. If you thought that you were going to open a store in Nantucket that sells both vintage clothing and wine... And you were like, what should I name it? And then someone was like, current vintage. We'd be like, that's genius. It's well, genius. genius. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, Boom. Yeah, it's one of our favorite spots. I mean, Stephen, what are the notes in the wine? So it's super minerally. My friend Dan was just saying that it kind of tastes like sucking on a rock at the beach. Right? It's got that's that. That's exactly the type of wine I always Salinity. Want. Salinity. Yes. Salinity. 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 Okay, Salinity Gomez. All right. She is serving Salarina. And it's just a hint. A hint of apple root. Oh. And then... Apple root. What I'm not going to say is diaper, because everyone loves to say that, but I don't get diaper at all. People are trying to be shocking when they say that. Yeah. So, (laughs) you may be wondering why we brought a perfumist on this episode, I guess. And I do just want to say again that we did literally meet at a Trader Joe's, which I just think is crazy. (laughs) That was so funny. Union Square. The first time you ever met? Well, yeah, yeah, but like, Lily... We haven't talked about this for a while, but you did like an art project about me in college. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? Ellen oh, showed it to me. What was the art project? The art assignment I'm was like dead. make a drawing of someone who you've never met. Oh, oh my god! And you used my Facebook photo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is so you, Lily, to do like a non-consensual, like stalker, okay. like photo shoot. Like you're like, wait a minute, there's this girl I've heard of. Like I'm obsessed with her, and I'm gonna like make a t-shirt about her. That's the fact that I've blocked that out, and we also have never discussed it in our entire lives. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know if I was right to bring it up. No, now, please, but... where's that drawing? We should sell it for millions. I feel now like that I you're must perf- have a PDF somewhere. Maddie, were you flattered or sketched? 
I was flattered. Of course. Okay. I mean, the muse. The <laughs> archetype of the muse. <laughs> well, Lily was already like a famous artist at that point. Can you just give us a little bit, like, this? take us on your perfume journey a little bit of, like, where it started. What scent kicked you off? How did you follow your nose to the world of noses? Thank you for asking. So I worked, I was in the art world for a really long time. I famously escaped last year. Ran out. I ran out. While I was in the art world, as you both know, I ran a gallery slash perfumery. In West Hollywood, California. Right. Wait, that this was, was done by Eric? Eric Peterbaugh. Yeah. Pod alum, basically. Pretty much. Who works with many famous celebrities, including Reese Witherspoon. Best friend of Demi. Jada Pinkett Smith, Morgan Wade, etc. Very well-known floral <laughs> designer. Yes, okay. Very well-known <laughs> floral designer. He created a perfume line and that was like the intersection of art and perfume. And it was always in the back of my mind mm. that I was obsessed with perfume. So when you say the intersection of art and perfume, are you like spraying Trezor on a painting? Or what are <laughs> it was, doing? babe, it was the fakest job <laughs> that you have. The, it was like a gallery where no one came in. There was a huge gold gate that we had to open for anyone to enter. <laughs> and it was a store. <laughs> where people are buying Dot, dot, dot. People are buying dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. dot, dot. <laughs> so it was like people come in, they're like not sure if they're supposed to drop 4K on like a small painting or drop like 80 on a cologne. And then they don't do either. Like 600 on a cologne. Oh. And then they would be like, oh. oh, we were just a blue bottle. Like wanted to pop in. Are we bothering you? It's like, yes, <laughs> you are. Get out. You are. <laughs> so after that job, I went back to art world stuff. It was so boring. And then I looked up my human design. What? Wow, LA stuff. No idea. <laughs> okay. No the idea. Blank faces yeah. on. So it's like astrology, but like even more for girls. <laughs> <laughs> astrology plus. And you have a sense, like of the five senses, that's your dominant sense. Mm. Okay, so this is kind of like going to Bloomies in the '80s and getting your colors done, it's and they're so like, "Getting your colors done." It's and they're just like, "You're ruddy undertones." It's like, yeah, they're, they're like, "You, <laughs> yeah, they're, you're ruddy undertones. You're actually an autumn," and you're just like, "Okay, so I'm ugly." Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Here's a huge burgundy blazer for you to put on." <laughs> Thanks. I'll head back to the office. So my human design said that scent <laughs> was my dominant sense. And I was like, well, I'm destined. So it's fate. God intervened. Can I ask what your number two sense was? Babe, it's Steven not. Too they far. don't give you a list. <laughs> wow. They just... Okay, sorry. Wait, not what are you paying for? They're just saying one? <laughs> and then they're no, like. No, no, babe. They say a lot of things. That's the only thing I really retained. Mm -hmm. The rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, let's announce the book we did with you. So, Maddie, this was your suggestion. You had previously... No, I absolutely not. This was because Maddie continues to be my muse. This was my suggestion. Okay, so you were looked up like memoirs of perfumers, and this was kind of the top result. That's how it happened. I logged into Amazon.com. Obsess. Use code CBC at checkout <laughs> to actually pay 10% more on whatever you're purchasing. Not Prime, because, again... I wouldn't support Prime. No. Anyway, I found this and I was like, this is perfect for Maddie Finney to come on the pod. I think it was a cool crossover. Yes. Yes. Class. So this book is called In Search of Perfumes. A Lifetime Journey to the Source of Nature Sense. By Dominique Roques. 
Is it a rock or a rock? Yes. I would give him a rock. Obviously a French man. At the tender age of 75, he's still with us to this day. Mm. And he's really like this, you know, this beautiful old war horse of the scent industry. And it's basically him going to different developing countries and like meeting the local makers. And it's very romantic. And it's about the history of scent and how little it's changed and yet how much it's changed. I mean, did you know this was a job? No. About like procuring the natural ingredients. Procuring is one thing, but yeah. being the liaison yeah. between like the, the Somalian pro- farmers. Yeah, I mean, I guess I will say like, yeah, I did assume that somebody had to do this. I mean, I guess what gave this book, I think, is a very hopeful book. And yet it is also like, obviously, in many ways, he's a dinosaur because... It's also made me a, a scent activist. Yeah, finally. I imagine that... And he kind of alludes to this many times in the book, but 95% of things that we smell that have some added scent to them are not coming from some naturally, you know, no one's scraping the resin off the cinnamon tree in Sri Lanka. Like, this is just a chemical, completely synthetic alternative. I mean, I feel like obviously before this, I knew, you know, oh, you get even lavender essential oil from Whole Foods. That's not lavender. You get vanilla Starbucks. That's not vanilla. I mean, the lavender chapter was completely eye-opening for me. But, you know, now I'm wondering, have I ever even smelled real lavender? Exactly. No, I, I don't know if really I have. thought that because in my cleans, and I worked for an organic cleaning company, I would buy the lavender essential oil at Whole Foods. <laughs> you thought. <laughs> I, I literally thought. <laughs> you bought the lavender. And people would be like, ooh, it smells so good. And then sometimes I was like, I don't even want to pay the 15 to buy that lavender oil at Whole Foods. Well, what, you had to pay out of pocket for your cleans? That's ridiculous. (laughs) Huge problem with the maid industry. Yeah. (laughs) Made by their own supplies. (laughs) Made their own essential oils. And I remember buying like a something like, you know, TJ Maxx and noticing so much of a difference. And it's crazy. It's like the lavender oil at Whole Foods fake. And I was buying like an even then F-list faker thing. Wait, so you're a master nose. Basically, I'm coming out (laughs) as a master nose. Yep. So do you know that the people who go to these fancy perfume schools either make the perfumes or they make Tide Pods? Wow. Anything with a fragrance is made by someone who has like this crazy education where they have to learn what every note smells like. So they can make a beautiful bouquet of Tide so Pods. They I mean, can I make feel a like that's pod. also very like Parsons. Like you could go to Parsons and you could end up being the next, you know. Excellent point. Bodhi. <laughs> you're right. The next Isi Miyake or you're making like placemats for Martha Stewart's Kmart line. Yeah. Right. This book to me, I mean, the connection between perfume and wine and whiskey. This book could have been yeah, about well, it's, it's, it's process and tradition. And Europe and colonization and the Caribbean. So and Replace perfume yeah. with whiskey. Yeah. yeah. It's the same. Because basically this book is, each chapter is a different country where a different, like, special natural greeting is sourced. And every chapter is basically exactly the same. There's this, <laughs> yeah. like, very kind of, like, benevolent colonial relationship with an exotic locale, tradition being kept alive, 
Like, there's a small village where they're the last family who's still doing it the old way. And all the women, like, pick the flowers. And there's one, like, drunk man in the village who, like, has this big opinions. And he's like, we're going to save this town. And then this French guy, like, does help them save the town, kind of. And it's also so Bourdain where he'll be like, after hours of watching the local Madagascar woman, like, burn one vetera beachy leaf, then the children bathe themselves in a river. Then I went with one. We drank rakia, a rice wine. I did get blackout, but we continued to drink it all night long. (laughs) And then he gave me a handful of rice. And then we hiked up a mountain where I saw more poor people. I love the old Bulgarian men in the Rose Valley of the Roses who bring the bottles of rakia with them. Mm. Just First thing in the morning, the women are yeah. picking the flowers and the men are like kind of picking the flowers, but also just kind of mostly drinking. Well, and the women have like floral, like crowns made of roses and they're chanting and they're singing. <laughs> I love how happy and like the Egyptian woman, he just kept being like, they're literally so happy to be picking Jasmine. Like they're obsessed. It's also like every town he goes to, he was like, it seemed like I was kind of the star of the day. <laughs> With his yes. golf shirt yeah. and white hair, yeah. No, so he fully looks like Jimmy Buffett. And he'll like get to the town. He's like, yeah, like they're all kind of super into me. And I asked him, how does voodoo influence the distilling of Hold this Hold on, leaf? wait. This is the part about the Roma in Bulgaria. I just think it's a, a sense of like what the book is. They start early, working from 6 in the morning through to midday. A good picker will harvest 45 kilograms in the morning. Three bags, each containing 5,000 flowers, plucked one by one between thumb and index finger. Women and men of all ages chatter and sing as they pick. One woman launches into a moving song. She tells me she's a Russian immigrant, and her song of the Volga reminds her of home. She works the fields in winter, but it's too cold then for any singing. Now she sings for the roses. The Roma pick in small groups. The young ones are cheerful and joke around. The girls making crowns of roses for their hair. And at the end of each row, peonies decorated with red pom-pom. Good luck charm. Wait for their carts to be loaded with clear plastic bags filled with flowers gently warming in the sun. Stunning. No, this book is poetry. And then you're like, oh, right. Like, you know, agricultural work a is beautiful and noble. B, like, it is skilled labor. Thank you very much. Thank you. Of course. Thumb and forefinger. Right. <laughs> and, like, B, like, there is beauty and tradition and a good honest day's work with Rakia at the end. But he's trying to give a lot of dignity. I know. It's a lot of dignity. It's a lot of romance. My favorite herbalist famously lived with the Romani people for two decades. Who's your favorite herbalist? Yeah, not to pry. Her name's Juliet of the Herbs. Oh, oh, <laughs> Juliet of the Herbs. So did she travel with them? She traveled with them. She realized that their Afghan hounds had the healthiest coat that she'd ever seen. And she mm. said, what makes the coat so healthy? And they said, well, it's the herbs. Then she said, I must travel with you for two years and learn your ways. No, you said two, <laughs> two decades. decades. Two decades. <laughs> yeah. Did she find out what they did to the hounds? Or was it just the hounds reading naturally and not this? Pro, you know, the hounds, Petco store. Exactly. Food. The hounds were eating like rosemary and goat milk. But one time her kid got cholera and she cured the child by having her suck a goat's teat <gasps> for like three meals a day. 
And eventually the goat started. I'm doing that to you <laughs> next time you're sick, Stephen. The goat would come and knock at the door of the child oh, stop. and say, the it's time to feed. The goat was like, suck on my titty, bitch. It was <laughs> literally the dream my goat's here that is the weirdest (laughs) thing i've ever heard but also okay we're a goat pod now it was that summer that summer i started using cozy earth cozy earth makes elevated loungewear and amazing luxurious soft bedding that surpasses even the finest hotel sheets for a restful night's sleep on your travels or at home. I love Cozy Earth so much that I got it as a present for my spouse. And the things that happened on that bed, you wouldn't believe it. I got their joggers and oh my God, it almost feels like you're nude, better than nude. It feels like you're swimming in the most luxurious ocean. So stay cool and comfy during long flights with Cozy Earth's temperature regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew, adding mm, a touch of style to your travel ensemble. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code CBC at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know we sent you after checkout, okay? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling scented coffins or outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You know, okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control. Yes, daddy. And take your business to the next level because we're business women. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. I'm talking Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklyn, and all your favorite DTC brands. Do you want to be a Brooklyn in business? Or do you want to be the sad girl selling candles on the subway? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. If you do it uppercase, it won't work. Just like your sales if you don't use Shopify. Shopify.com slash book club. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Well, okay. One thing about this book, it's very... I feel like whenever anyone starts to talk about scent, the first thing they always say if they're trying to be really poetic is, scent is tied to memory. People are obsessed <laughs> yes, yes, with that. People are obsessed with saying scent is tied to memory. And it's just like, what isn't tied to memory? It's just like, yeah, we remember stuff. That's how the brain works. Period. Right, like sight, taste. People love the idea that, it, you know, it evokes childhood, it evokes the mother, it evokes her abandonment of us and all the rest of it. And so it's like, there's something that's supposed to be more primal and animalic, which is another word we see a lot in this book. I mean, in a way, I don't think that's wrong, though. Because when he works on the creation of the famous perfume, Mugler's Angel. Mm. I was hoping you'd bring it up. Yeah. (laughs) There's Mugler, and then there's, like, the head perfumer, and then there's the creative director. And it gets, you know, shuffled down. They're like, we want to evoke her childhood, which is musk, Mm. vanilla beans. like, ew. And it's like, what was your musky ass childhood? But I think a lot of well, childhoods were musky. That's a but good see, point. then that comes the idea of sentencide to memory. The memory is always the past. We always think of the past as dusty, oh, as, as the treasure God. box. You know what I mean? As your heart beating. It's terrifying, right? Yeah, fast. Because it's like, there's no way we think about the past or <laughs> isn't, you know, in history. It's the same way when we think of the future, we always think of like the Jetsons. It's kind of just like, you always think of this retro True. idea. There's always some sort of implanted idea of what the past is. That's, I think, maybe removed from our actual experience. And especially also because I think since a lot of now perfumes, as he says, patchouli, which we will get into, evokes the 70s. That's always going to be also the past. If it's hippie, if it's 100%. vinyl. The 70s will always be the past. And like, <laughs> yeah. and you I will say that. here first. So I'm sorry to everyone wearing a high-waisted pant, like, get real. Yeah. It's always the past. Even if you're bringing back flares for the 900th fucking time. You don't like flares? I love flares. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we're still, we're we're digging deep in the patchouli fields. Yeah. The problematic patchouli fields. Whew. It's one of my favorite smells, patchouli. Pa- patchouli is. Yeah, I think people have, like, kind of stupid preconceived notions. Like, I hate patchouli. And it's like, you could smell something patchouli and love it. You just have this idea that you have very little vocabulary to talk about scents. Mm-hmm. And so for you, patchouli means sleazy club owner with slick-backed hair. Therefore, patchouli's gross. And it's kind of like, actually... But that's, like, as you're talking, babe, I'm thinking, like, why is it bad to smell like that? I agree. Right. I agree. Like, I slick my hair back? Yeah. It's People are so funny about perfume, the idea of, like, oh, I only want to smell, like... Whatever, like the pages of a magazine. I yeah. only want to yeah. smell like something like completely neutral, or I want to smell like a duty free, or I want to smell like a wood, like a creamy wood. Well, you know what's interesting? Have you seen the German show Parfum that was like a, the erotic thriller? It's based on a book where it's like you create a scent out of like a human corpse, and like that's like the sexiest scent. It was famously Kurt Cobain's favorite book. Oh, oh amazing. Okay, rocker stuff. It's a twisted erotic book, but like, one of the, like, villain, crazy, like, perfumologists in the book says this one thing where he's, like, the best sense in the world, the scent that he's devising that will make anyone fall in love with you has to have just a tiny bit of human shit. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because we all smell it. Yes. Because it's so animalistic. And, it, I mean, part of it is that it's taboo, right? Yeah. What's the naughtiest thing you can smell like? So we're not supposed to like it, but then we do. But then part of it is that it, it actually comes from us. It is the body itself. 100%. And to some extent, you know, scent is always trying to, like, get us away from our heads, 
right? From our self-awareness, from our self-consciousness, from, you know, go, 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 the nine to five, like how do we release from that and get into a pre-verbal space and that scent? Mm. <laughs> and so there, there is something to be said for the primalness of shit, of human excrement, of BO, for example. Completely. But that comes to your thing about patchouli where it's like, yes, why not smell like the big, fat, nasty, sleazy club owner who's fingering the bartender in the dumpster? You know what I mean? Okay, patchouli to me is so not club owner, by the way. It's head shop. It's hippie girl, huge Mm. super skirt, tiered tank top that's like auburn. It's Grateful Dead patches. And here he says, he goes, why? Because it masks the scent. Marijuana. Stephen, I hate to do this because you're not here, but I brought a patchouli sample to smell. You guys smell and I'll watch the smell because scent is visual as well. That's erotic. Yeah. That is erotic. A little peeping Tom. Yeah. Okay, so what you have there is a tiny little vial. It's a tiny little decant. Maddie went to a scent bar. Yeah. I just picked up a few things. So I'm going to sniff this like poppers. I wouldn't. I would put okay. it on your skin if you're bold. <laughs> oh, okay. Put it. Okay. Okay. Put so it on my skin. Actually, wouldn't like rail it. No, and I'm new to this again. <laughs> you're new to smelling yeah, stuff. Yeah. So how can you apply actually on me? Of course. So what I'm for doing right list- now, ADA is- for our listeners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bring um, out my left hand. I'm erotically <gasps> putting my little finger on how Lily's delicate wrist. Orange peel, lemon blossom, key lime pie. Don't just say words you don't even know what they mean. <laughs> lemon <think> blossom? <laughs> head shop. Oh, no. Okay, it's lemon blossom head shop. It's a pie shop that also sells weed and skirts and pieces. When you say pie, Lily, are you getting like a dairy, a cream sense? Or is it more the pastry? Like, is it it's the bread? No, it's the floral cream. It's it's whipped. Wait, what do you think of bread? Bread wasn't bad. There's something yeasty. Yeah, it could be that. Maybe it's the light crust. She's a yeasty boy. Yeah, I see you guys evoking yeast. You're rising. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of yeast little on camera. A little bit of modestat. Yeah. I see the yeast lowering and rising, lowering, <laughs> rising. <laughs> so this is like a little bit of a soapy patchouli. Like to me, it smells like a bar of soap. This is cool. I don't know if I personally wear this, but I think like if a chick was wearing this. Or I think Steven could rock this and it would be sexy. Well, I've been off the scent train for a long time. I used to wear um, Emporio Armani Louis. Well, in a way, you're not off the scent train because you actually usually have quite the strong <laughs> scent. <laughs> you're all on the scent train where you're like, oh, my God. You're talking about my B.O. Well, yeah. you very famously do not wear deodorant. Yeah. And it's kind no. of your thing. Thank I you. don't usually wear deodorant. And the deodorant I do wear is Gillette. I go Gillette. So hot. Clear. Spring rain. And is that a Boston thing, Lily? Because Gillette is a Boston a Gillette Stadium. company. Honestly, yes. I feel like I was just like at the drugstore. I wanted something clear and kind of to smell like a spring man's shower. Yeah. Gillette Stadium. No, I think that's iconic. I love the smell of like rainy, wet man. But So you're saying you're kind of pro-bio. Because for me, I've always felt that the bio smell is like, A, it's natural man. So my whole philosophy is that like, Pheromones and biology, like if you're Did attracted. You say pheromones? Yeah. <laughs> pheromones. Yeah. Pheromones. Pheromones. Roll the R. Pheromones. Pheromones. <laughs> From my own experience, I'm pretty sure it is activating some biological response in other men, and they're going, oh, hello. To a point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to a point. I think so. Yeah. It's like, 
okay, let's do 50%. And then the other 50 is kind of like, well, okay. I feel like pheromones actually are a lie. Uh, <gasps> okay. Oh my God. Okay. This might have been the, the craziest thing I ever We're, said on I our podcast in history. From the perfumist. Because everyone's obsessed with the idea that like, Perfume smells different on different people. And in like the summer, you can only Mm -hmm. wear certain things. And in the winter, have you ever found that to be true? Have you ever put on a perfume and said, this smells vastly different? No, of course not. On me. No. You smell an old lady perfume and you're like, that's an old lady wherever I'm smelling it. You know what I mean? Like the idea that a man can bring out like a peppery musk. Mm. Like maybe a smidge. No, the perfume makes the man. The The man does not make the the perfume. Last night, Maddie put a... A scent that actually kind of like changed my life on me. It was beautiful. It was an artificial ouge. Okay. So explain what oud is. An ouge? Oud. Oh, E-A-U-D. No, it's O-U-D. You guys, there was a whole chapter on it. (laughs) Let me look in the glossary quickly. (laughs) So oud, sometimes people call it agar wood. Mm. It's like a very traditional Middle Eastern old wood resin. Right. I mean, I was so blown away by some of these processes of just like these old women about scraping resin off of bark. Wait, the ooh. It reminds me of scraping resin when like you have no weed yeah. left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like one up the bowl. <laughs> okay. And this like drags Americans to filth and literally me thinking that scent was cool. It's striking smell, quite unique, at once woody and milky, is instantly recognizable. To Western is it is bewitching, evoking a form of the sacred, of the unadulterated exoticism and mysticism and irresistible vision of India. We spontaneously associate the smell of sandalwood with the smoke of the incense stick. And it's, you know, us Americans being like, ooh, that's cool, that's travel. I love that part too. Yeah, I mean, I do think that so much of the evocation of all these different places is supposed to be exotic. I mean, I think that's always what it's been. I mean, it's like how the Arabs originally found jasmine in India, then they brought it to Spain. And like the rose that was like called the Damask rose, but it was actually Persian. And then it was that was like brought to Italy, like by the Moors. And it's just like everyone was bringing everything everywhere and then like being like, oh, this is so exciting because it reminds me of like a different land. It's like... Part of perfume is just gay panic is just us wanting to be somewhere else. Babe, mm. I literally What's... couldn't agree more. I think pe- when people say like That's perfume t- of the future, so it actually isn't always the past. That's the Jetsons fragrance. Yes. What does the future smell like? Yeah. But I do think when people say perfume is tied to memory, I would argue, in fact, it's tied to fantasy. Yes. 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 And a fantasy of what but, even was. Yeah. A fantasy of the past, a fantasy of the future. The idea of something smelling like mysticism, yeah. that's not an objective no. scent. But I think, you know, to Westerners, mysticism is always going to have a sort of an Eastern thing because of like what we think of as mystical in, totally. in stories and the media that we're exposed mm. to. So I know that we're talking about sandalwood, but you want to smell oud? Yeah, let's yes, do yes, oud. Yes. Smell it through the screen, Stephen. So this scent though she put on me last night, instantly I was brought back to the rec room by the lake house that I went to in Maine as a child that had a card table and an old bowling alley. You set up the pins a yourself. Bowl? Really? That's so cool. <laughs> it's DIY. Bowling. It was DIY, like old-fashioned okay. 1920s bowling. You roll the thing. Yeah. Hit the pins, and yeah. then you have to walk 
set them back up yourself. Wow, sounds exhausting. That's so, the past. Babe, I put it right okay. there. So this is a floral mm. ood. What flowers are you getting in there, Lil? Daisy, hydrangea, maybe? Wait, should I smell my Starbucks to clear my head? You don't. No, just air work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is stunning. I guess, and I'm going to be totally honest, I could improv here and make a little joke. We don't make jokes on this podcast. And name some flowers. Absolutely no idea what no flowers idea. are coming to mind. But what is coming to mind is just, it's subtle. I'm already in a perfume ad. It's feet in big, tall grass. Mm. It's a vintage slip. Oh, my God. It's porn. Yeah. <laughs> I lo lo love that. Okay. Big, tall grass feet. I'm wondering what the feet are. Are there cankles? Are these tanned no, feet? No, it's feminine. These... Honestly, okay. it's pale. It's, it's like a little tan, but mm, not that tan. Just how you like it. <laughs> a little, little tan. tan. Mm -hmm. Okay. This isn't a girl who's been laying out on the vineyard all summer. This is like mid-June. Or July. <laughs> or September. It's actually September. It's shoulder season for feet. Yeah, it's shoulder season. <laughs> The freckles are out. Okay, I brought here. So this I brought from my mom's bathroom. This is an Oscar de la Renta eau de toilette. Wait, that bottle's Hold stunning. On. The bottle has like a very kind of feminine quality to it. Yeah. It almost is like a body. <laughs> like, it is. But it's also kind of like a an art deco building. Yes, it is very art deco. It has this kind of long cylinder with these two smaller cylinders on the side. It's very like curvy and yet mm. phallic at the same time. Quite Absolutely. Quite strong. It is amber in color, quite mm -hmm. liquid. It could be a Very honestly a beautiful cask aged rum. Yes, <laughs> rum, not whiskey. Wow. Okay, I just smelled it. It evokes my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and is that a memory or a fantasy of your mother? <laughs> um, it's both. It's my fantasy of her buying me drinks. You know what I mean? Ooh. Yeah. It smells like money. Mommy money. Mommy. It smells like mommy money. Where it are smells we? like leaving the house. I can hear the jangle of the wreath, the Christmas wreath against the door as the door closes oh. and we toddle off to a restaurant. It's winter drinks. There's something quite Christmas about it because, again, I do get a little bit of the alcohol, which I told you I didn't love, but it's almost astringent there. I'm going to well, spray it. Well, that fragrance looks and like it's been macerating for like 15 years. <laughs> no, I mean, this is wine now. Are you getting, <laughs> which we haven't talked about? And why you said winter in the wreath? Are you getting notes of cinnamon? Oh my God, now that you said it, I am. And the Sri Lankan cinnamon farmers. Yes. And despite all the tragedy they went through, Civil War, the tsunami of 2000. Did you clock? We call this like a synchronicity between different books, but we read Nate Berkus's coffee table book mm. and his partner was killed. Heartbreaking coffee table book. Where his partner was killed in the tsunami of 2004. And then this yeah. book, we get to the tsunami again, which so adversely affected the island of Sri Lanka. And yet the Cinnamon farmers remain undaunted. Their bravery. And they continue to peel the bark and sell it to Swiss multinational conglomerates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they persevere and sell it, and the Swiss make a heavy profit off and then, of it. And then the Swiss will use those cinnamon molecules and sell them to Nestle, another Swiss multinational conglomerate who will use it in their baby formula. And that's beautiful. And that's the age-old tale of the travel of scent. Wait, quickly, before we go to segments, there's an amazing description of vetiver. So vetiver, of course, is a root, which I didn't realize, often mined in Haiti, another place that has just been ravaged by both politics and, and nature. 
with the earthquake and then, you know, colonization, corruption, lack of diversification of the economy. But there's a really interesting description of the scent of vetiver. Am I pronouncing that right? I say vetiver. Okay. Yeah, I was saying vetiver. At every stage of our visit to the factory, the scent of vetiver is different, and he is able to find the specific evocative words to describe it. It may smell warm, brown, woody, like tobacco, powdery earth or honey. It may have a long finish that intensifies, a cedary feel, dry but sweet, with a touch of hummus. <laughs> Just a touch of hummus. <laughs> I think that's hummus, but I was very confused. Does that mean like humidity? H-U-M-U-S. I think it's just a different spelling of hummus. No. <laughs> like hummus. Oh, you think it literally means like the concept of humidity? I think it's something closer to that than like a chickpea puree. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh my God, you're right. I just looked it up. It's a dark organic material that forms in soil when plant and animal matter decays. Okay. Wait, I thought he was literally talking about hummus. <laughs> Checked, period. <laughs> Sit back in your sailboat. Okay, but I will say this. I would think I would be more into a perfume with subtle notes of hummus than vanilla. I feel That's like you would love that of her. you, I don't think, have had... A pure, complex vanilla. No, I'm sure I haven't. I've had vanillin. Yeah. I've had vanilla. synthetic yeah. alternative. We out here being vanillins. <laughs> okay, <laughs> before we go to segments, round table, make a perfume. What's in it? What's it called? Maddie, go first. Okay, so mine is vanilla, mm. cherry, butter, crust. Mm. Yes. Yes. Sugar. Yes. Sour. Yes. Spicy. Roman. <laughs> and uh, vetiver. Okay. What is it called? It's called uh, Le Cerise <gasps> de l'Amour. Oh my God, the cherry of love. And that's in French. Le Cerise de Moi. And extra credit, what's the bottle? Oh, the flacon? Um, it's actually not in a bottle. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. not in a bottle. It's in a tiny pouch. <laughs> you wish it were a pouch. It's actually a Keurig cup. <laughs> it's made by Dusty. <laughs> it's made by <laughs> and it has to be brewed to order. <gasps> oh, Chill. my God. Wow. That's a huge turn on for me. Chills. Absolute full body chills. Fast selling. No one steal that, by the way. All you, all you French... Colonizer perfumist. Swiss Genevan. Yeah. You Genevan vanillins, <laughs> get us stop listening. <laughs> Keep your hands off my vanilla. Okay. Mine is butter, as you say, French butter, deep, deep, dark, dark yellow French butter, almost an amber butter, dill. <laughs> Fresh dill, real lavender. Did you say amber butter? No, I said the butter is so dark, it's almost the color of amber. Oh, okay. You know when butter is, like, so French, it's, like, almost from New Zealand? Yes, it's, it's like, so yellow. It's so fucking yellow. Yeah. The yellowest fucking butter you've ever had. (laughs) A yolky butter. Yes. Yolky. Super yolky. Um, Farm fresh chicken butter. Oh, actually, a little bit of better than bouillon roast chicken flavor. (laughs) I fucking die for that flavor. Sea town. Yes. You're starving right now. Yeah, no, you're hungry. Yeah, you're like it's butter. It's chicken. It's more butter. It's oysters. It's Wait, hold tacos. on, hold on. Okay, 
It is oyster shell. So that's super, super rocky, salinic. Mm-hmm. When it's super shelly. When it's shelly, yeah. And then ball sweat. Mm. Super, super hairy, hairy ball sweat. This is like from a guy in, I want to say Germany, from like Berlin. Like, you know, not the Spanish guys who are putting like cologne and shaving their whatever. And then cum, which I think is a little bit of that shit flavor. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the creamy. That's the milky. That's the creamy. That's the milky. Okay. Yeah. And um, and it's called Husband. Mm-hmm. Of course. Bottle. It's actually, it's a sphere that you just roll over your body. Oh, and you just kind of roll it all over. Yeah. Okay. Again, best-selling. Husband. I mean, the way that would... There must actually be so many colognes called husband perfumes, patent (laughs) pending. I feel like right now, like, people are shivering. Although, I have to say, I think the thing with men is that they usually want to be desired by a lot of women, but they don't want to be tied down. So it's actually probably not... It's true. It's, like, not a fantasy of men to be, like, a husband, you know? But you can't tie it down because it's that ball. No, I think it's for women. It's rolling rolling down the street. (laughs) No, women (laughs) were calling my neighbor. Wait, have you seen my husband? No, I'm talking about the cologne. (laughs) 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 All right, Lily, go. (laughs) Okay, this is gonna be super quick. It's my favorite smells. It's gonna be a trio of different types of Christmas trees: Fraser, balsam, (laughs) Douglas fir. Sounds stunning already. Burnt leaves on like an autumn day. Yeah, this is so good. Tiny bit of like actual heirloom cherries. You can't copy my ingredients. Not synthetic cherry. <laughs> okay, sorry. X the cherries. Exit. Uh, you should have plum. Yes. A hint of plum. Plum. Okay, leading the witness. <laughs> is it so tacky if I say espresso? Absolutely not. No, okay. not at all. I love not coffee and perfume. I love this holiday scent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, this is like... Like, I want to be Yankee Candle, but, like, actually good. We're, like, a Christmas scent that isn't disgusting. I love that. And the bottle, I mean, it's super minimal Christmas tree. (laughs) So it kind of has those three tiers. Three tiers. The listener, I'm drawing a Christmas tree with my hands. But you don't. And you don't want it to be Yankee Candle. (laughs) I swear (laughs) I don't. It's Christmas tree shaped and smells like Christmas trees. But it's like elevated Yankee Candle. And what's it called? Is it called Bubble? It's called Saint Santa. Nick. Saint Nick. <laughs> We're workshopping that. <laughs> We're taking that to Santa's workshop. Celebrity Book Club. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In search, in search of, of segments. segments. Sense. How does she live? What does she wear? What does she eat? Okay, what does she eat? I mean, I think he is being very... Bourdain. It's... What did he describe? He described eating grubs in Laos. He yes. eats grubs. And he was like, you know what? They didn't taste bad or good. I just ate them with the rice, and that was the normal thing. And I could tell that my host was being so like, oh, this Westerner is going to eat grubs. And he was kind of like... Fine, I'm just having the grubs. And then sometimes, though, he is having, like, a sizzling mountainside Vietnamese barbecued beef cubes that sound, like, legendary. But I do think sometimes he's, like, it's it's grub, a fried egg. Okay, if. but I'll say this. He, I do feel like <laughs> post this book, his 2020 era, he's very, like, conference, TED Talk, whatever. I'm sure he's doing Pret-a-Manger, like, left and right. And he's just so, like, airport grabbing a salmon wrap on the, way to, a, on the yes. way to a talk. On the way yeah. to, like, an amazing talk at, like, the Institute of Sandalwood. And I think his fork is hovering over the Pratt salmon wrap. Like, he's leaving half. He's not downing it. Really? I feel, maybe now, yeah. And his wife is like, did you eat anything? And he's like, I don't know. I had a uh, salmon Pratt wrap. Yeah. But Wait, I, do we I, think I, he I, smokes cigs? I th- Okay, here's what's insane is I think that, like, he does because he's literally just French and 70. And so he did smoke cigarettes until he was 55 and then he stopped. 
Well, the way he talks about other people smoking cigs, he's like, and the way that she dragged the cigarette. I'm just like, you like that. Yeah. Okay, but that also makes me think that he maybe quit by that time. And misses it. Because it's like, because he's almost nostalgic for it when he's describing it. And he's always describing other people smoking, but not himself. Okay. Yeah. Good um, detective work. Yeah. (laughs) Also, just random how he mentions his son twice, and he's like, My son won an archery competition. Anyway, I was in Port au Prince (laughs) for two years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, What's happening there? Okay. How does he live? Yeah. When he's not traveling. I mean, their house is so books. It's like French Nancy Myers. Like, it's just like coffee tables and books and little patios and like. But beyond the Nancy Myers, it goes into a little bit like Cambridge, where it's like the amount yes. of things he must have from oh, travel. his travels. His yeah. travels. I'm sure it's knickknacks everywhere. And the, just like little containers of yeah. vetiver roots <laughs> that have been yeah. soaking for decades. Yep, 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 yep. I feel like if you go to his house and you kind of have a bond or not even, he's trying to get rid of stuff and he's like, oh, come into my office. This I got in 1973. It is a vetiver god. And then he's like, and you're like, oh my god. And it's like, he's He has like six in his drawer. (laughs) French people also love to give you slim books. So he's giving you like a slim Mm. like French edition and it's not a first edition of just like an Egyptian. Just a French edition. A French edition of like an Egyptian novel and he's just being like, this was very important to me when I had my son who I do not see. Enjoy this. (laughs) And you're like, okay, now I have this book. What does he wear? Golf shirts. Golf Golf shirts. shirts, Patagonia baggies. Yeah. Wait, you think he's in a five-inch baggie? I think he's set. Oh, he's in five-inch baggie, but he's had for like 25 years. You know what? Also, I think he goes to the Patagonia store because you know they have like that exchange program because it's so eco. You can like get money off your next pair. So he brings in a pair of the 70s. I don't think he's going to the Patagonia store in Aix-en-Provence. I don't think he's doing that. Oh, you don't think? Where do you think he's getting his shorts? His wife is going to this, like, L'Imprimateur, like, once a year. And she's getting him these, like, good, sturdy cargo shorts from some brand she doesn't know. And they're fine. I don't see him in cargo shorts. I do. He's got to stop so many vanilla beans in there. No, that's actually a good yeah, point. No, he's he in cargo storage. He needs storage. I just think at one point he went to the Patagonia HQ. I'm not saying it's every year. I'm just saying once in his goddamn life. <laughs> he went there once to like give a talk on sustainability. And he was like, it's super impressive what the Patagonia company is doing. Uh, I think they provide a mother for other companies. And I'd love to see what they're doing. And then like that was it. And he wears the shirt that's like the flap in the back. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Back flap, honey. Back flap, girls. And then just like the most dad sneaker boot outdoor thing. Tivas. Yeah, water shoes. Meryl. Meryl. Okay, who are you in the book? Maddie. Maddie, I guess you're Dominique. (laughs) You're Dominique. I mean, also, you're just creative director at Mugler, and you're ultra femme at Mugler, and you're saying, I want childhood. Okay, but isn't Maddie also kind of that, like, Whipsnapper Bulgarian girl. Wait, who was a spy? Who no, who like decided to not become a spy? Because she loved Bulgarian rose too much. She loved yes. the rose industry too much. She was like, I will not be a spy, but like I will like really like just bring this rose industry back to Yes, life. because you know, you would go out to dinner with all the spies and they would pay for everything. You'd be like, This is so fab. And then you'd have kind of a come to rose moment where you'd be like, I can't. Oh, so the spy industry is like the art world. That I'm mm. absconding from. Yes. yes. And you said, no, I choose Rose. 
I choose the valley of the roses. I choose vetiver. Very much like the life of a spy, I will be followed by the art world my entire life. No, absolutely. Hans Ulrich Obrist is in the lobby of the iHeart building right now, waiting for you to come out, going, Mati, I'll hold you in the perfume now. Tell me, how does failure smell? Oh, that must be fun for you. I did kind of identify with Dominique when he's always opening up like a school in a random developing country, because as you know, I do have a classroom named after me in South Africa. Yes. <laughs> you didn't know that, babe. My name is not exactly engraved in stone. It's more like it was printed out. It was laminated, okay, but it so was a printout. You're this month's patron. Yeah, a little bit maybe, but I think it's there every year. You're maybe. definitely Dominique because you're like falling in love with a Bulgarian rose maker, but then like going back to your son ultimately. I feel like I would be a more present father, but maybe I wouldn't. I would just feel like he did archery once anyway. Gotta go. I'm in Laos. <laughs> I am. Hmm. I guess I do feel like I'm working in one of these fields. <laughs> You're one of the Roma people. I think I am Romani. No, I was like, I'm a Romani rose. I'm steeping. Chanting and Chanting laughing. and laughing. And, and I'm singing. like, the life is good here. Like, we chill. We work. It's like work hard, play hard. I give this book, I would say like mm, three, three and a half notes of... Uh, vanilla bean out of five like I thought it was incredibly romantic I love like the description of the sheep rubbing up against the cistus branches in Cyprus and then the farmers ripping the resin off the fur but I I did get very little about the guy himself that's my only note I'm kind of like yeah like three problematic lavender fields out of five like I think it was like romance but also political geopolitical I love the geopolitics, yeah. I love the actual descriptions of sense, but I did want more about him. I just need him. something, one bridge to connect me to him a little more. Because he would, then he was like, and after three years of tough negotiations, like, with the higher-ups, and I'm kind of like, show me those meetings. Talk to me about yes. the meetings in the boardroom in Geneva. Like, I want to see that. Mm. Like, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Don't just romanticize the third world farmers. Like, actually talk to me about, like, Let's get into Geneva. Yeah, there was something, yeah, a little bit too paternalistic about his just being like, and I went to these countries and they were beautiful and I love the people and I have to go. babe, he still has a job. He can't be out here being like fully spilling tea. Oh, you can spill farmer tea, but you can't spill business tea? No, but that's what I'm saying. I'm a little bit like, you know what I mean? Be an equal opportunity tea spiller. Yeah. Maddie, your rating? Mine is a four um, agarwood trees. Gorgeous. Or something. <laughs> Out of five. Brilliant. Well, so you would recommend this to people in your field? I think it's like, well, it's a field study, really. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> your literal field. I think that the way that he describes the perfumes is interesting. I also really like the way, like, when he's talking about enfleurage and how it's like you put a layer of fat yes. and then you just lay the jasmine over oh, it. Oh, that was fascinating. <sighs> yeah, on these slabs of concrete and outside of Cairo, and they're just slamming down all this jasmine and then putting, like, butter on top of jasmine, I guess. I don't know what fat they're using. Yeah. Salt, right. fat, pork. <laughs> Salt, fat, acid, acid heat, yeah. heat, bitch. I can't believe we're coming to the end, but Maddie, where can we find you when our listeners are hearing you being like, whoa, 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 can you just host this pod? Yeah, can I get more over. Finny, please? Yeah, but first, Finny. But first, Finny, nose candy pod, available, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you look. 
Your Substack. Yeah, find me there. Yeah, my Substack. Okay, and your address, home address, um, <laughs> socials, security, so perfumeenjoyer.substack.com. And the link will be in our show page. Okay, thank you so much, Maddie. Thank this you has so been much, Maddie. Pleasure you to treat. You're welcome back anytime. Literally anytime. This, this has been a dream. Fun. This was too fun. Best. This episode of Celebrity Book Club with Stephen and Lily was produced by Darby Masters. She invented lavender. I visited her house in the fields of France, and she gave me a leaf. I smelled it. I've been thinking about it for 70 years. Uh, Our supervising producer is Abu Zafar. He gave me a glass of rice wine once. We talked and talked and talked one of the best nights of my life. Our executive producer is Christina Everett. I actually sued her in Geneva because she stole some patchouli leaves from me. We are good, but there is a lot of legal between us. The artwork is by Teddy Blanks. I bought one of his paintings in Haiti. We were both there and I said, that is beautiful. He gave it to me. It is in my home. This theme song is done by Stephen Phillips Horst. I would listen to his music on my disc man when I travel. It kept me through some really hard nights. This podcast was birthed and produced by Prologue Projects. They made the first fragrance I ever tried. I was 13. I was just a man in a mall in Provence. Discount mall. And I sprayed it. Smelled good. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify. Leave a review if you have time or Wi-Fi. I don't know what your schedule is, but yes, best. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 